Welcome to the podcast for Zion Stone United Church of Christ, located in the Lehigh Valley of Pennsylvania. I'm Pastor Mike Landsman, and these podcasts are taken from my weekly Sunday morning sermons. We pray that they will bless you, and we would love for you to come visit us and make our church home, hopefully, become your church home. Here's what we have for today. So today we commemorate, we celebrate in the Western Church Epiphany. In our sister churches in the East, they celebrate Theophany. At Epiphany, we, as, as Ray said in the reading, we celebrate the Gentiles being included into God's plan of salvation. And in Theophany, uh, reveals God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit at the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan. But last year I preached on the baptism, so this year I'm going to actually preach on, um, on Epiphany, the, what we've just heard read in the prophecies uh, of Isaiah, what we saw fulfilled in the Gospel of Matthew, and how St. Paul grabs onto that and talks about how the mystery has been made known, that God's intention was to include uh, the Gentiles. And this is a major theme uh, of, this, of this celebration today. And we've seen the familiar pictures of camels trekking over sand dunes, bringing the three kings closer and closer to the star. And we're going to take a little bit of a closer look at their story and what their appearance in the Christmas story means. So, as we heard in the reading, after the birth of Jesus... The wise men from another nation show up in Jerusalem, and this is a cause for getting the news chopper essentially in the sky. Everybody's buzzing. Everybody's talking. So let's put ourselves in the shoes of the inhabitants of Jerusalem for a minute. Like, we have this picture of, like, three dudes on, like, three camels, and they're just kind of patiently, like, kind of walking, walking. There's the star. We're going to walk. We're going to walk. Just three guys kind of by themselves out for a drive on a nice Sunday afternoon, right? But it, it's going to be more than that, right? It's going to be more than that. It's not just three guys on a camel. It's probably a, a big caravan, right? There's going to be a, a group of people. It doesn't have to be a large group of people, but it's going to be a group of people, right? So in, in, my, in our day and age, right, what we can do is we can get out our smartphones or our little GPS units and we can go bloop, 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 bloop. Say, I want to go to uh, San Diego, California, or San Luis Obispo. So put, put, put that in, we put it on the dashboard, we can get in our car, and we can go. And the nice voice will tell us, turn left here, turn right there, stay on this one road for 500 miles. And what we can do is we can even program along the way stops. So if we want to see the world's largest ball of yarn, we can stop and see the world's ball, largest ball of yarn while we're driving from here to California. We can stop at hotels and, and sleep along the way and rest. We can kind of be guided until we get to where it is we're going. But not so back then, right? They have to kind of go in a caravan. They know how to use the stars to direct themselves and so forth. But they have to kind of all go, go together. So imagine now this caravan arrives in the city of Jerusalem, this group of people just all of a sudden show up. This is, gets people talking. People like to talk. Ah, can, you know what's going on here? Do you know what's going on? These guys just showed up. What does it mean? I don't know. Who are they? I don't know. So they come to see Herod, the ruler of that area. And they say, where is the new child who, by the way, is the king? Right? So Herod it says all the people who heard this, they're afraid or are they're, tr they're troubled. So you ask yourself, well, why would Herod be afraid? Why would he be troubled? Well, because 
this new king would be a threat to him. This new king would be a threat to the Romans. And Herod was a puppet king installed by the Romans. And he was widely resented, widely resented. And we know how paranoid he is is because we see him take drastic action later on in the story to try and kill the young Jesus. But here we see the kingdom of this world beginning to make its first contact with the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of this world is going to lose. So who were these wise men? Most likely they were Persians. It's possible they had some interaction with the large Jewish community in in Babylon. Because we remember when Cyrus released all the Jews to go back into their homeland, not all of them uh, went. A bunch of them stayed behind. And so there was a, a large population of them in Babylon at the time. So maybe... These, uh, the wise men, they were basically astrologers and magicians, which would make them kind of similar to the type we saw in Daniel, interpreting dreams and so forth. They may have heard the story of a coming king from the Jewish population. But for our purposes today, it's enough to note that they're not of God's covenant people. They're outsiders. They worship other gods, but something compels them to seek out this new king so they can pay homage to him. And commentators note that in this era... The rise of important figures were believed to be tied in with heavenly phenomena. So they see the star, they saddle up, and they go and they follow the direction of the star. So something is drawing people from outside of Palestine to Palestine to meet this new king. So back to Herod for a moment. When the wise men ask where this new king is, Herod calls the scribes and religious leaders to ask them. And so their reply is, the Messiah is going to come from Bethlehem. So Herod then calls the wise men secretly and gives them the information and adds, hey, I want to know where he is too so I can all go worship. And we know this is, of course, a lie. It's interesting to note that when asked, religious experts, they know the scriptures because they know the prophecy now has also been fulfilled because the people have come asking about this Messiah. Yet Herod, instead of welcoming this Messiah, has darker purposes. And also keep in mind that the religious leaders, they would probably pass this information on to their own followers and to people as well, which makes the opposition to Jesus' later ministry all the more puzzling because of their refusal to see what God was doing. St. Chrysostom notes that the religious leaders and rulers learn from the Persian tongue what they would not submit to learn from the prophets. Ooh, and we can see this throughout the life of Jesus. And now there's a lot of discussion about this star. Was it a real star? Was it a natural phenomenon? Or was it, was it something else? And there's a lots of different points of view on this. And it says, Behold, the star they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. So for me, I believe... And it's not necessarily a naturally occurring star because it moves them, it leads them, it directs them. And this, I think, brothers and sisters, this should remind us of something. Being guided by divine light to a destination should make us start to draw parallels to important events that we see in the Old Testament. And when the children of Israel are being led out of Egypt to the holy mountain, what is leading them by by night? a big pillar of fire, and by daytime, a big pillar of clouds. I think we're meant to draw these parallels with all of these Old Testament stories. Just as God called his people out of Egypt and led them with divine fire, so too God is using divine light to guide these non-believers to Jesus, to the promised land, to the holy land. 
And so we see this divine light guiding them to where Jesus is. And the text says that the star rested over the child was. Not just a vague sense of direction, but first century GPS, powered not by satellites, but by the power of God. And look what happens next in verse 10. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. So they go from searching and looking to rejoicing because they knew their journey was almost at an end. They found what they were looking for. There is joy at the end of the journey, but it doesn't just end with joy. Because in verse 11, it says, In going to the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They fell down before the Christ child, and they worship him. They give him gifts as befitting a king. And this is taking place not in a palace, like where Herod was. Not surrounded by finery. Not surrounded by... by rulers and, and important people and a small, modest, humble house in the middle of nowhere. And notice here that Gentile unbelievers, not part of God's people, who do not have the law, they do not have the prophets, they're astrologers and magicians. They're able to see what Herod and the religious leaders would not and could not see. All they know is they saw something in the sky that pretended something stupendous and they searched to find the person that it pointed towards. And notice here, God using their own beliefs and their own knowledge to bring them to where? To Bethlehem, to worship Christ. God works through their religious system to lead them out, to lead them to Christ. So when we look at these texts today, I think the first thing we can learn is that those who have received a divine revelation can't always see the forest for the trees. Even the most biblically astute, theologically literate person can miss the obvious signs of God's inbreaking grace and kingdom. This means it takes, for humi- it takes humility for us to realize that God is moving in ways we cannot always see or comprehend. But we have to trust that He is moving. But we have to always understand, too, that when God is moving behind the scenes in ways that we can't always see, this is always tied in with revealing the person and work of His Son, Jesus Christ. The second thing we learn is that God reveals himself to those who are seeking. Now, some of our Christian brothers and sisters would quote, like in Romans, St. Paul quotes the Psalms, that there is no one who understands, no one seeks God. And verses like this, I think, are hyperbole, given the genre of what the Psalms are. It's intended to make the point... Uh, make the point of the universality of human sinfulness. It's not a statement about how terrible we all are. Well, we are terrible sometimes, but it's not necessarily... You know what I mean, right? It's not meant to... It's hyperbole. It's exaggeration to drive home the fact that we are all affected and infected with sin. Because we see people in Scripture who are seeking God. They are seeking... We see the, the, the eunuch. He's reading the scroll of Isaiah. And he's like, I don't know what's going on. I need somebody to explain this to me. And Philip's like, I can help you with that. And he jumps in the chariot and explains it. And he believes and is baptized. And he goes on his way, and Philip gets taken away somewhere else. So we see people in Scripture who are seeking. They may not always know exactly what they're seeking, but we see that they're looking for something. And Jesus says in the Gospels, those who seek will what? Find. They will find. The third thing we learn is the example of the wise men who left their country behind, just like Abraham did, to follow divine guidance to the place they did not know. Now, there's faith, some faith exercised here in that what they saw drew them 
and it drew out from them the desire to go and find Christ, even if it didn't know that that's what it meant in its fullness. And here we see God's intention to draw every person from every nation to himself. And when we are drawn, we can all respond with rejoicing and worship, just as the wise men did. This then gives us the drive and the desire to leave what we know or what we're comfortable with to pursue Christ and all that he has for us. As St. John Chrysostom beautifully said, let us then also follow the wise men. Let us separate ourselves from our barbarian customs and make our distance great, that we may see Christ, since they too, had they not been far from their own country, would have missed seeing him. Let us depart from the things of earth. For so the wise men, while they were in Persia, saw but the star. But after they departed from Persia, they beheld the sun of righteousness. That is so awesome. They only saw when they were in their place, they saw the star. And the star led them to the sun. The sun. Capital T, capital H, capital E, capital S, capital O, capital N. Not the sun but the sun, from the star to the sun. And so, brothers and sisters, let us, like the wise men, become wise ourselves by laying aside sin and the deeds of darkness and walk in the light that we see shining over the Holy Family and ultimately through the face of Jesus Christ, that same light that shines through us, that gathers others to Christ so we can all together find him and worship him and receive the better gifts that he gives because the gifts that we have ultimately to give to him are, are worthless because he has something so much better to give us. He incorporates all of us into his family. He incorporates all people into his family. He draws all people from all nations, all races, all colors, all creeds, brings them all together in Jesus Christ. And then he adopts all of us. He makes us all part of his family, not just for the Jews, but also for the Gentiles, for both, for all. And so to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, be all glory together with his Father who is from everlasting and is all holy good and life-giving spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Zion Stone United Church of Christ. We have deep roots here in our community and we predate the founding of the United States itself. If you're looking for a traditionally grounded, biblically faithful church, come visit us. We just might be the church you're looking for. If you'd like to email me, you can reach me at malandsman at gmail.com. Please be sure to check us out online, zionstoneucc.com, and check us out on Facebook at Zionstone UCC. Thanks again for listening, and God bless you.